Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find your mercy. Let us find your grace. Let us find help, Father, because we need you all the time, not just in these meetings and for preaching and singing and all of those things, but we need your guidance. We need your very breath in our bodies, Lord. So we thank you for the from the least to the greatest. We don't want to overlook anything. We're thankful for it all, and we honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to talk a little bit more about partnering with God. We we spoke about that a couple weeks ago, and I guess I felt to or felt the Lord lead to do something else last week, but I thought we would pick it up again because uh, this is our life. This is a pattern for our lives: is partnering with God. Uh, when we when we get saved, we come into a new life, totally new life. This is a life we've never lived before. So we are new creatures. Amen. Never been here before. So if people try to get too familiar with you based on your past life, and you can tell them, "Oh no, that wasn't me." Oh, no, no, no. She died, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. And a new creature has, has come into existence. And so we want to, to partake of that life. We want to know what that life is about. It's like, well, God, if you have given me a new life, that means the old one's gone. Amen. Everything's gone. Everything's gone. See, people, people like to let their sin go, but they like to hang on to everything else. <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> what, what we were planning with our lives. I tell you, my life is so different from what I thought it was going to be. Uh, growing up and, and, uh, you know, you just don't have everything in your sights. And so God wants to have the freedom. We have to release control to Him. You, he doesn't take it. This is a covenant. Amen. And it's a covenant similar to a marriage. The, the Bible tells the wife to submit to the husband. It doesn't tell the husband to lord it all over the wife or make her do anything. <sighs> this may be a, let's see, what do I have over, uh, nothing, nothing interesting enough to help me. But anyway, so that's the plan of God. Everything you do, you do voluntarily. It's the devil that forces people. You got me. He doesn't care how you feel about anything. If you like it, don't like it. If, if it agrees with you, if, if you are interested, he could care less. He just likes to force everything uh, on you. That's that's uh, the, the way you can tell the devil's involved. The pressure is is undeniable. You know the people they're relentless in their their pressing you to to get you and manipulate you over into where they want you to be and not where you're going. But God guides us from the inner man. He he captures our heart. He gets our cooperation. He gets our understanding. He gets our our uh, go ahead uh, before he gets us involved in anything. And and he begins to speak to us words, and his words are what are unresistable. You got me. You can't resist his words because you look in the Bible, and and after the the disciples got filled with were baptized in the Spirit, were filled with the Spirit. The Bible says that people could not resist 
or gainsay their wisdom. In, in other words, there was no arguing back with it. It was a settled and it was a final word. And so God knows how to to convince us without coercion, without threatening. Now, when when we think about the 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 Old Testament is threats, those weren't threats; them promises. When you were were told you won't get the curse if you didn't obey, that came. So that was a sure enough promise. It came as a warning. It it can be read as a warning, but never a threat. Okay, it should never be read as a threat because threats are from the dark side. You know, even if God says, if you disobey me, all these curses will come upon you. That's not a threat. That's promise because his word is true. But he's not using it to manipulate us to behave. He's just telling us the facts. It's like if you if you decide you want to uh, cross the street against the light and do it every time you get out there, pretty soon your number's going to get pulled. Somebody's going to come through that intersection that don't, can't stop, don't care about stopping, and don't care about you either. Amen? And so we we understand that when certain laws are set up, violation of those laws or coming on the outside of those laws will draw penalties and consequences. And that's the way God's word was set up. It was set up to, and, and the other thing it does is it rewards good behavior. The devil never promises to reward you. He just puts pressure on you and you look at stuff and you say, well, everybody else is doing it. Or it looked like fun until you get hooked in it. So it's just full of lies. Amen. That's what the devil is. He's a master lies, a father of lies. So God's plan, when God's plan comes into our lives, it comes a different way. It comes through love. It comes through teaching, through encouragement, through faith. Jesus said, when you take my yoke upon me, and you're going to find that I'm easy to work with. He said, I'm meek and lowly of heart. In other words, I'm not lording it all over you. Even though I'm lord of all and I own everything, I'm not bossing you around because I'm the boss. Amen. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. And so what God really wants to do is to teach us how to allow his will to become our will. His plan to become our plan. How to let ourselves be fully adopted into the new life. And once we're fully adopted into the new life, then he will begin to unveil and reveal what his plan is for us. And it's always a good plan. I'm I'm always shocked at people who will go shopping and borrow other people's gift and calling and borrow other people's plan for what God wants them to do and just always picking up something. Why don't you ask God what you're supposed to be doing here? Quit wasting your time in his and start finding out why are you here? Amen. When I realized the change that had come into my heart, into me when I got saved, I started questioning God. I said, God, I'm, I don't, what do you do when you're on your way to heaven? I'm going to heaven. What do I do while I'm here? There's, I can't do the same old stuff. That came real clear to me. I can't do what I was doing when you found me. I'm not going back. There's some, there's not, that is not for me anymore. 
if you died to save me, you must have saved me to do something real different. You got me something big. I'm not borrowing the same old stuff, you know, that, that I was thinking about, you know, as my little career and, you know, little lifestyle. No, you know, no, no, no. That didn't even seem right to me. And so I began to really seek God. You know, it's, when people are going to heaven, they gotta be doing different stuff. And, and I knew it was different than, than most of the church people I knew because they acted carnal just like I used to do. Now, that's not an indictment against church. It's not an indictment against anybody. But when you're born again and you know you're changed, that should bring about some kind of change on the inside of you for purpose, for direction, for, for, uh, lifestyle. Everything's gotta be different. The Bible says everything that's old is passed away. It's dead and gone. It's not yours anymore. It's not for you anymore. So start looking for something new. Start looking forward to the new. You know, that was good news to me. I didn't anymore want to go back to doing all, you know, no, please don't make me go back to, to the hospital, go to work. Don't make me go back, you know, whatever I was doing. It just, um, they had no no desire. Not that I was doing anything great for God at the time. I just knew my heart was different. I was turned around in a different direction. Things were, you know, different for me. And 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 sometimes God will keep you doing the same job, the same things that you were doing, whatever, whatever. But you got to do it in Him now. It's it's got to be different. There's got to be something different there, different purpose, a uh, different everything. Plus, believers are called to preach the gospel. You got to go testify to people. You got to share Christ with people. So you got to you you can't just fit that in anywhere. That's got to be like main line. That's got to be, okay, push everything off the desk. And me and God start talking about this Mark 16 and 17, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, that's got to be your daily deal. That's, that's, that's your real job. Amen. What you get paid for, that's just your, your side hustle or whatever. It may be a 40 hour hustle, whatever you want to call it, but that's your side thing. That's not your main anything. Amen. It's not your main anything. And so when, when God gives us, uh, his plan, his purpose for us, that's to partner with us in life. Everything that you do, God is your partner in that. In fact, you're his partner. Because he's the one who's in charge. So we had our scripture, Matthew eleven twenty nine. I mentioned it briefly, but, but when you partner with God and God is your partner in things, he says this. He says, uh, verse 28, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Now that's anytime you try to do anything on your own power. Anything that you set out to do that's just you by yourself, it's heavy labor. Why? Because there's a curse on natural living. Amen? It just is. It's, it's, there's a drawback there. There's problems there. There's, you know, most people when they set out for, to do things, they're fine. You get a good plan. I'm going to do this, 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 this. By the time you get number two on the list, you already run into trouble. You give either somebody said no, something was closed, something you thought was going to work out didn't work out. 
Amen. So that's what he's talking about. The frustrations that come with doing life on your own. And he said, when you come to me, learn about me. He said, learn the difference between me working for me and working with me and doing it on your own. He said, there's a difference. I want you to pick up on that. Amen. And I want you to understand I'm the one who gives you the light burden. I'm the one who gives you the easy yoke. I'm the one who opens all the doors for you. I'm the one who leads you and guides you when something comes up and you can't get through on it. He said, I'll just stand back and talk to me some more and I'll give you wisdom on how to resolve that issue, how to solve that problem. Amen. He'll do it. And when he says learn about him, that's what he wants you to learn. He wants you to learn the difference between that hard road doing it yourself and the easy road doing it with him. And he says here, I am meek and lowly in heart, which means that I'm not trying to boss you around. I'm not aggressive. I'm not arrogant. I'm not pushy. I'm not proud. I'm the one who comes to you offering you help offering you encouragement. I'm the one I'm easy to talk to, easy to work with. I'm not the one who's trying to push you around and make you do stuff. And so this is what we start learning about God. He's the easy one to get along with. Even though we may be able to do some things, he will make it so much easier. I don't care how how well you do something and how accomplished you are at it. He always makes it better. I don't care what area of your life you think is so wonderful. He always makes it better. And trust me, wonderful never lasts forever. Because there are problems with everything. I don't care what you do. You know, people try to live their lives avoiding things. I don't know where you think you're going to go if you're going to avoid trouble. Because as long as you live in an earth suit, it's going to be here for you. But Jesus said, cheer up. Quit whining, quit crying, and quit trying to avoid everything. Because he's already overcome the world. So the world is something to be overcome. I don't care who you are. You you can't skirt around every bit of trouble that there is in life. It just won't happen. But he says when the trouble comes to you, when you run into it, however it manifests in your life, if you're connected with me, and if you're not connected with me, find me. Amen. When you find me, you found your help and things will get easier for you from then on. And so it's a good thing for us to to partner with God in life and understand how he works with us to do the things that need to be done. Now, when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit, he told the disciples that he he would have to leave them, but he would send another comforter. And we took some time to explain what that word comforter means. But we pretty much summed it up as your everything in every situation, all that you need everywhere. Amen. In, in other words, you don't have to go looking for somebody else. You don't go look for another. You know, when, when people, uh, people have, uh, problems, you know, things come up, go to the, go to God again. To quit going someplace else or thinking, well, this is, I don't know, this is, I don't know what to do here. I don't know. Go to God. That's, that's the last person you went to that really got you out of trouble. So you gotta go back to Him again. And so that's what the Bible really refers to when it says comforter. Somebody who can come up 
and be what you need in every situation, all the time, anytime. Nobody better fitted for your life to help you out than the Holy Spirit. That's what a real comforter is. It's somebody who's called alongside of you, not somebody we're off somewhere and then they, they show up when they want to. Somebody who's very near. We said that. It was a, a, a person that comes near to you and calls you near to them. So your help is right where you are all the time. It's where you need it at all times. Amen. And and we need to understand that. If we could call on God first instead of trying all them different numbers and wondering and who's going to do this and how am I going to get out of that, just call him. Just ask him. He's your partner. Amen. He's waiting for us to ask him and waiting for us to call him, waiting for us to turn to him in time of need. We have a covenant with God. That is a guarantee for help. Amen. A guarantee for good help, for the best help at all times. You know, God is not just an emergency number that we push. Because your comforter is one who can actually counsel you and direct you and lead you and guide you. Sometimes we might have to wait for that for a minute. You know, this is what we don't, we want quick help. You know, and oftentimes what's, what's in a hurry is not, not going to do what you needed to do. Sometimes you need to settle down and think about, now do I really need this or what do I really need, God? Many times we misdiagnose our case. You know, we think we need. Everybody thinks it's money. Because we always wait. I'll be glad when I get. Then I can. See, it's the way your mind works is money all the time. When I get. X number of dollars, then I can buy this. And when I buy this, I'll be happy. Amen? That's the way our minds work. So much so that your paycheck is spent months in advance before you get it. So if you wait no money to do stuff and buy stuff so you can be happy, you might as well get happy now, sweetheart, because you you know what I'm saying. You ain't going to get that much. You know, like you rolling over and I'm just so happy, happy, happy. I got all the money, money, money. That ain't the way your life works. You go get happy now. Let him be your best friend. Go get joy now. Let him be your best. Go get some contentment now. See, what we need to do is start start buying those things that come without price. You know, like the Isaiah prophesied, come by without price. The things that are without price are the things that, that live within us. They're the joy. They're the peace. They're the righteousness and contentment. Amen. They're things that, that, that just don't cost anything that you must get from God. You get them by faith. Amen. And so that's what, what Isaiah's talking about. He's not talking about everything in the world is going to be free. But what you're lacking is not what you think you're lacking. What you're lacking is what God has for you. Because really, it's not so much things that we we don't have. You know, you think, well, you know, I, I need a new car because this one gives giving me trouble now. You know, trouble is, tr- most, with most people, trouble means you got to get a repair that's less than a, that's not an engine. 
you know, a lot of people don't want to have any kind of, and I just call it normal responsibility. You understand what I'm saying? Your, your stuff is not going to be new forever. Because the minute you drive it off the lot, it's worth half what it was a minute ago when you signed them papers. So right now you stuck with something that's going to deteriorate anyway. But people run from re- this. It's just responsibility. It's not, you know, a, a car is going to cost you something to keep it running. It's, you know, you got to put oil in it. You got to put tires on it. You got to, you got to do all kinds of maintenance on it. It's like, you know, throwing the baby out with the bath water. You, you, when you wash your kids up, you don't throw them out just cause they clean. Do you understand what I'm saying? They clean. I'm going to throw them on out of here. You understand? They're going to get dirty again. Bring them back on in here. Let them keep living. Amen. And it's the same thing with anything else that we possess. It takes responsibility. You've got to be responsible. You've got to, to take care of it, all of that. And God provides everything. I don't know why we get so scared about maintenance issues. Can I just stop here and talk for a minute? Because, you know, people get all hung up and, 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 I gotta get new cause, you know, I don't like nothing. I, I use cards is just a headache. Since when? You got three of them stacked up in your driveway right now. They use the minute you get them. And you know what it, let me tell you why, why I'm, I'm, I'm dwelling here. We stay in a state of discontent over normal things. We just get wound up so big about nothing. God provides for that. Well, if I didn't have to do all this car repair, I could do something. You wouldn't do nothing with that money. <laughs> like you got big plans for some, you're going to go invest in some, some major stocks or something that's going to really, really get you over into a different, uh, income bracket. We're not going to do any of that kind of stuff. We just are in the habit of whining and complaining about responsibility. This is the thing. And Jesus says, learn about me. My responsibility is easy. My burden for you is light. When you connect with me, you won't be worried about, uh, you know, car notes and, and repairs and what's that going to cost and what's this going to cost. When you connect with God, you don't worry about anything because he pays for everything. All you got to do is keep your money on its proper assignment. Everybody say amen. They say, well, uh, no, no, it's like, what's she talking about? What's she assignment? I didn't know about no more assignment. My, my money is assigned to something. Yeah, your money has an assignment. All money has an assignment. That's why you get in trouble if you mess with it and it ain't yours. You got me? It's assigned somewhere. You know, when you, when you go and sign a lease and, and start getting utility bills, you, your part of your money is assigned to those utility bills. Well, I think I do a partial payment. No, 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 no. Giving people all their money. Keep your money on its assignment. See, God watches this stuff. When you partner with Him, He watches, He, He is not a thief. He is not robbing Peter to pay Paul. He is not delaying why are you putting that off? You gotta pay it eventually anyway. Sitting up holding them people's money, it's not even yours. 
You understand what I'm saying? Why that gives you some kind of glee to hold on to something that don't belong to you? This is crazy. Go and pay them people their money and let God bring you some more in. Amen. You start getting to the point where you keep your money on its assignment. When it runs out, then you'll start believing God for more. This is the way you prosper. You don't prosper any other way. Amen. I remember I would, would, would ask God, well, when am I going to be able to, we won't have to pay this and pay that. And he never answered me. And I said, oh, okay, well, let me put this a different way. Thank you, God, that I'm able to pay this and pay that. Amen. And bring me some more money. Amen. And he said, he told me, he said, when you experience lack, he said, that's my warning to you to increase your faith for more. He said, when things get tight, that's my warning to you to increase your faith for more. See, if you sit up and you, you, you have money, you know, that, that really should be spent already because you owe things to people. You will never experience what it's, what real life is. Your real life is that money should be distributed already to where you owe it. And when you see that God, you know, I would really like to have some extra to do so and so, that's when he, when he can bless you with more. That's when your faith comes in. But if you're playing games with the money you have and sitting up and not paying it out and not getting, you think you're rich, you're fooling yourself. That's not even your money. But what does that do to your faith? Well, think about it. For those of you who like to play mind games with yourself, quit doing that. Start living for real. Say, God, it's all gone. I need some more. I do that. I do it quite frequently. God, I paid everybody I owe. I don't like the way my bank account looks. I said, can you start sending me more money? I would like to have some more money. Instead of pretending. Then you go and do something silly with it. Amen. Or get in one of them emergency giving situations. See somebody online, profit so-and-so with the cash app. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I gave a seed over there. Well, that was your rent money. Queenie. Huh? I mean, we got to look. You know, I didn't mean to go here. I was going to, I got a list of stuff I would prefer to talk to you about. But somehow we need to park here for a minute so you can understand what, what partnering we got. It comes at a price. It's called faithfulness. It's called honesty, it's called integrity, it's called fidelity. Amen? And so when God is your partner, he wants you to be just like him. He ain't a thief. He ain't a robber. He don't rob Peter to pay Paul. He doesn't play games with himself. He knows he owns everything, and he's very comfortable with it. And he wants his kids to get comfortable as his heirs and not worry about things. But in order to be there, You've got to take care of what you're responsible for. You just have to do it and show God, okay, God, I've got everything paid for and I'm still a little low this month. I'm, I'm just believing you now to send me more. You would never know you were low if you pay partial payments on everything. 
I mean, that's the devil, man. It's, that thing is rooted. <laughs> Get off of that stuff. I mean, if you really want to prosper, come on, y'all. Everybody talking about, I got a millionaire prophecy. Yeah, but you got, you got dumpster, <laughs> dumpster habits. You know what I'm saying? You gotta get the habits cleaned up. You gotta get your mentality straight. You gotta get, and, and I'm not talking about going around boasting about how rich you are, what you have, and I'm gonna get this. I'm talking about how you live. How do you live? Do you pay what you owe? Do you let God see you being faithful over the debts that you have? We don't have many of them. Most people don't. Amen? But, but, let God see you being faithful. And that's when you're being a faithful partner to him. And then you can expect him to come through for you at every single turn. I mean, there won't be anything in your life that you are out there on your own. I don't care how much you mess up and, and how many unfortunate things might happen. Uh, you know, accidents, uh, things that, that, that happen that, that you don't plan for, emergencies, they can happen to anybody. Amen. But, but if you are a person, your inside is like God's inside. You pay what you owe. You don't owe anybody anything. You allow yourself to, to be responsible for what you, you undertake. What do you commit for down here? God's committed for that. His name is on every contract you sign, every lease you sign. God is on there with you. And so, you know, but but be faithful to him. Act like God is with you in these things. You know, do the right thing. Be responsible. Let let God see you doing well and he will always come to you. He will bail you out in phenomenal ways. There's there's nothing that will be withheld from you. When, when God is your partner and he wants to partner with us. And so he is our teacher as well. He is the one who reveals things to us when we need to have them revealed to us. He's there for us all the time. There's certain things that you, you need in life if you don't know how to go about getting them and know how to do them. Just start asking God to open doors for you. And you'll find that one door after the other, after the other, after the other will open in succession. Every level that you need to prosper, he will be there for you. Amen. He wants you to be faithful. And don't don't back up on him. When he gets involved in something and he tells you to go ahead with it, then you better go. Amen. Because he doesn't like squirrely people. He doesn't like scared people. He can't partner with people who are in a lot of fear. But if you trust him and you confidently go forward, when he tells you to go forward, then he will open phenomenal doors for you. Because prosperity is in every human being, folks. Everybody wants to prosper and do well. Where we fail is that we just don't have the right plan and we don't have the right uh, inner inner fiber, inner strength to do it sometimes. But God will add those things to you. Some of the trials that we go through are to add strength to the inside of us. Give us that that um, uh, desire and, and ability to know that we can hang in there and hang in there until, until God shows up and resolves it. Amen? 
and resolves it to his satisfaction and ours too. And so God partners with us so that we can get maximum blessing and be maximum content in the life that he's given us. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to have a good life. Amen. And so I think what we need to do is transfer our our joy over into the spiritual realm. You know, where you feel good when all your bills are paid. You feel good when you owe nobody when you go to bed at night. You feel good when you, you have everything's taken care of. And, and, and start learning how to live in that realm so that when there's more needed and he wants, wants to advance you, you don't have a lot of roadblock standing there you know like oh I, I would like to be able to to get a better car but my paycheck is only so and so you know when you have God's integrity on the inside of you you don't even think like that you just think well God I'm just going to pray because it's up to you to bring it to me it's up to you to supply and I'm believing you and I know you're going to supply See, if you have your your inner confidence, your inner peace, your inner fruit of the spirit, you live in his joy. You live in, you know, if you don't get a new car, you're not going to fall apart because you live in his joy. Amen. If you got to drive what you driving, you know, start blessing it instead of looking at it, wondering what's going to happen next. Amen. And just allow God to to move you into a different. He's got to move us out of our old environment into our new. Amen. And in when he moves you, it is from the pit to the palace. It ain't ghetto fabulous. You understand what I'm, where you got to fix a little something up and all of that. He moves you totally out of the realm of fear, doubt, lack. You know, foreboding, wondering where, when the other shoe is going to drop, all that kind of looking out, looking to have something negative happen. He moves us out of that place. And you're moved into a whole different place where you expect nothing but goodness and mercy all the days of your life. He wants us to live like that. And so when you take his yoke upon you and learn about, this is what you learn. You learn what God likes. You learn what he doesn't like. You learn how to please him. You learn how to keep your, your inner, your inner peace, your inner environment right, conducive for him. He's moved in with you. And he likes stuff a certain way. Huh? Some of you women, you think a husband is tough to please. Do you understand what I'm saying? God, you gotta keep it swept out. You, you can't be holding grudges against nobody. You can't be slipshod and stuff and all this kind of, uh-uh. You can't be slick and, and get his approval. So you gotta be upfront with him. Amen. Amen. You know, if, if, if he were a real husband, most of us really wouldn't make it. You know, I wouldn't have made it with all them boxes and bags in the closet that, you know, from the last shopping trip, you know, your time was short. You say, oh, Lord, he got here before I did. Throw it in the closet real fast. And go in there one day and everything tumbles down on you. And it's your stash place, you know. I learned how to live in God's integrity. Amen. Because I wanted to. I wanted to please God. Amen. And so he, he wants us to please him in everything. 
So when he is your partner, he is going to call you to do things his way. Amen. And it won't be hard. It won't be hard. You'll find you just got to train yourself and you got to do it consistently. So I thought we'd talk some about what it takes to what what you really need to partner with God. And uh, we, we'll go to Exodus where he called Moses so that you can understand when God calls you to do something. We're all called because we're all saved. So when you're saved, you're called. And so it's don't don't think of yourself as, oh, God called me like a call. It's everybody gets one. Amen. We all got one. It's the hard part is fulfilling what God wants you to do. So in Exodus chapter three, I think it is where God called Moses. And there are certain things that God will tell you at the outset that he the reason he calls you, the reason you're on the earth, he has to give you a reason for being. Amen. And so he outlines all of that to Moses. So it's good. These people in the Bible are patterns for us to live by. And so we, we look at what he did with him. Now Moses was called as the first, I guess you could call him the first pastor of God's people. But this is for anybody called at any level. You know, when you're, when you belong to God, you have a call to fulfill. There's something He has you here for, a purpose He has you for, and He will give you that, and you must know what that is. So when God is your partner, He will give you a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen. All life that He creates is created for a reason. For purpose is what we call it. He began with Moses and he begins, begins to tell him why he called him. And that's in Exodus chapter 3. Amen. And he says here, where do we want to start? Why don't we start in verse 6? He tells Moses, number one, how to approach him. So Moses is one of those people he wasn't he hasn't been with his own people, so he hasn't been familiar uh, with uh, the the customs and religious customs and all of that. And and really, when you approach God, you have to let God show you how to relate to him. And he says here in verse five, don't draw near to me. Put your shoes from off your feet for the place you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows." And I am called down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large one, into a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. Therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. 
So here you see when God first meets Moses, you see God lays out the purpose for which Moses is in the earth. And many people don't take it that seriously, but there is a purpose that you are here for. It's not just, you know, oh, you know, I'm just going to be here and, you know, have a family and maybe get a job and yada, yada. If you get a little closer to God, it's what Moses is doing here. He he gets a close-up view with God, and God comes close enough to frighten Moses. Amen? And so that's when you know that, that something is about to change in your life. When that closeness to God changes you, you have a reaction to the presence of God. You know that's him, and you know that he's there for something. Nobody that God ever commits to, contacts, adopts, has relationship with, is the same after they meet him. You are changed once God comes into your life. Amen. And you're changed for a purpose. He changes you so that you can be um, compatible to what he wants you to do, so that you can easily take on the work that he wants you to do, and you'll fulfill that purpose. You can't do it without his power, and you can't do it without his help. And so once once he adopts you and, and you have that, that contact with him that's when the plan starts to unfold and that's what the purpose unfolds so Moses purpose really is to deliver the children of Israel out of Pharaoh's hand and he will he will God tells him a few things he begins to talk to him and deal with him same thing he does with us God will give you a plan for for what what you are doing for him in ministry whether it's on a church level whether it's one on one with people uh, we should all be making contact with people to share Christ with them on a day day to day basis one on one you're to talk to people about the lord amen you're to be able ready with an answer for them ready with an opportunity for them to come to know the lord as well that's why we wear the t-shirts do we need you need prayer your need prayer t-shirt, that's your introduction. That's the way you get to talk to people. Amen. God makes it real easy. This is not a hard thing to do. You just have to commit yourself to it and understand that your purpose is to win souls on this earth. That's everybody who's born again. There is not one person that can say that that's not how God uses me. Or that's, that's not what, you know, well, some people do that, but then some, hey, some people is different. No, uh-uh, that's everybody. It's everybody. And the reason he left us here saved was so that we can get other, he wants us to bring many sons and daughters to Christ. That's our job. Amen. And it's the same. It's been that way ever since God had people on the earth. He wants them back. And every generation has a different uh, mandate from God for how to bring people back to him. He doesn't want people going to hell. And he doesn't want his people being nonchalant about it. Amen. He wants us engaged and involved in bringing people back to the Lord. Amen. And so we we need to understand that God has a plan for all of the things that he has to be done on the earth. So with Moses, he starts to tell him, he said, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh and you're going to talk to him and you're going to tell the, him to let the people go. Now, this is a tall order for anybody. That's like 
God telling telling uh uh Miss Jan, I'm gonna send you to the White House and I want you to talk to the president and you're gonna tell him God says do this, do this, do this, do this, and do this. How many people you think would just jump at the chance and say, Oh, okay, yeah, God, yeah, I'll go. excuse me, I'll go, I won't do that. You understand what I'm saying? And so when God gives you his plan, he gives you his purpose, he will have to work on you first to get you in position so that you can accept 100% what he's telling you to do. See, many times we accept part of what God says. Like the thing where he says here, I'm going to send the, uh, I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey. Well, who doesn't want that? And so part of part of your getting to the milk and honey is getting past Pharaoh. Amen. And getting so Pharaoh represents the world, all the problems of the world, represents the obstacles of the world. And and we have to see that as part of what we're called to do as well as the part we think we're gonna like. Amen. Because everybody wants to, they, we like the idea of being used by God, but we don't like the preparation phase. We don't like the, the, uh, the trials that we might have to, we don't want the fiery furnace. We don't want to have to confront the mean people. We don't want to have to talk to people that, that don't receive us. We want everybody to say, oh yeah, pray with me. I want prayer. And, and the minute somebody says, no, nah, I don't need no prayer. I want to tell you they'll pray with you. Then it's on. Amen. You feel like you, you've had a bad day, but really you don't have any bad days in God. That person that, that might give you a hard time because of the prayer, that made the main person that God wanted you to contact that day. Just because everybody welcomes you and says, I like that, and, and and yeah, you know, I want some prayer, and let's do this. And that doesn't mean that that's what God sent you there for. That's all of it. So so God wants us to be able to understand the assignment that he has assigned to us. So he has to lay out some things to Moses. He understands that we're nervous. He understands we don't know what's going on. And we shouldn't know what's going on because when God comes to us, it's something new. It's something you haven't done before. Usually it's something very different from what you thought your life would be. And so we, we, we start to plunge in sometimes, but we don't stop and maybe ask God enough questions about it to get a good understanding of which way to go, what he expects, how it's going to go. All of the, all the fine details come in your relationship with Him. See, God is not some kind of like a slot machine where you go in, you get a card and it says, go do so and so and such and such, and you run off and do it and come back. God wants to go with you. He has to go with you. And then you start to realize that God is my partner. I am partnering with him. I've got to trust him all the way. I've got to trust him for everything. And so many times when we're looking for direction, where we're looking for answers, we, we need to understand that God will provide those things for us. But if we're ever not sure about what God calls us to do, you need to go and converse with God and talk to him some more, just like Moses did. And so we see Moses as he's interacting with God, God tells him his plan, his purpose is all laid out for him. In verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh 
that you might bring my people out of Egypt because they've been treating they've been treated badly and it's time for them to come out and I want them out. I want a people who are going to come out and worship me. I want a people that are come out and I want to teach them some things about me. These are my chosen people and I want them away from the sin. I want them away from the paganism. I want them away from the bad influence. And so when God calls us, he calls us to be separated. Amen. So Moses then starts to dialogue with God and he lays out all of his deficiencies. Now, when you really are called of God and he makes a change on the inside of you, you realize you don't know what to do. You don't know how to do. You don't know the next step. And so Moses then begins to lay out all of his faults, all of his misgivings, everything that comes to his mind that he thinks of. God, you know, I don't know how to do that. This could go wrong and that could go wrong and this could go wrong and that could go wrong. You don't just run off and, and, and start making plans to do the great things. You, you got, as a human being, in being honest with yourself, you come to grips with what you really have going on on the inside of you, which is a bunch of not much. Amen. And, and you, you know God's gonna find out about the not much, so you might as well address it right now. Amen. I remember when, when God called me to ministry, I, was saying, I said, well, ministry, I said, what am I going to do? Well, what am I supposed to do? And it, it, this went on for months before God really began to show me um, what the anointing was and, and what my call was. And as I stayed in the word, I got more questions answered. You know, I got more understanding. And I, I look at some of these people sometimes that run around and Oh, God showed me I'm going to be in a, find a huge crowd. Everybody's big, you know. I never saw big. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not saying big is not there at some point, but I never saw that. I saw me changing, me being developed, me speaking things, me understanding. I morally, he mostly had me focus on what was inside of me, not who I was going to go to and how big that was going to. You understand what I'm saying? You just don't operate with God like that. you got to understand that, that he's calling you, who you are. Who am I? What do I have, God? What, what, what is it that, that you can, that's in me that you can use? And, and, and go from there. And that's the way Moses handled it. He, he started asking God, you know, God, what what is it that I have here that you can use? And he, he told him, Moses said to God, verse 11, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? I'm not one of his magicians, not anymore. He's been missing for 40 years, actually. So he's he doesn't even know how to locate who he would be in that culture again. And he says, and the Lord told him, he said, don't worry about it. I'm going to be with him, with you. He says, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a token to you that I have sent you. When you are brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve me on this mountain. So he said, I'm going to send you there and you're going to do what I told you to do down there. And you're going to come all the way back here. And this is the only clue that I'm going to give you about what's going to happen see God always shows us the end 
at the beginning, but he never shows us the stuff in between. You got me? So he tells Moses, oh, no, you're going to go get him. You're going to come out. I'm going to be with you. And and to prove it to you, I'm going to meet you right back here on this mountain when it's all done. But he never tells him the stuff in between. You got me? The stuff in between is what you got to use your faith for. Amen. Now God will tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this for you and, and I'm, I'm calling you and, and everybody knows that God calls them to success. He doesn't call you to failure. Amen. So if he tells you he's gonna put you in business, it, that's a success. That's, that's kind of taken for granted. If God's with you and partnering with you, it's gonna work. It's gonna prosper. It's gonna be successful. It's just up to you how much you're gonna believe God to do. You've got to, you've got to apply yourself to faith and apply yourself to the steps that God puts you in so that you can realize the success that He has for you. But He tells Moses, well, I'm not going to give you a lot of details, but I will tell you this much. After you got the whole job done, you're going to come right back here to this mountain. I'm going to meet you here and the people are going to worship me here on this mountain. So Moses has a lot of in-between stuff that needs to be worked out between him and God. Don't take, don't ever think that because something isn't prospering the way you want it to the first week, the first month, the first whatever, that God is not with you and it's not going to prosper. It will prosper. The only thing you're missing is the in-between stuff. Because he never tells us the in-between. Because if he did, most of us would be discouraged day one and would never even pursue anything. So the, your faith is what is going to take you through the in-between steps. You need faith for each and every one of them. And at each step, you're going to get enough faith to step on that step. And you're going to fulfill what you have to do on that step. And when that's fulfilled, that's when you're going to move on to the next step. You got me? He's not going to throw everything out there. You wouldn't be able to handle it. You wouldn't know what to do with most of what he gives you if he gave you everything you were asking for day one. And so as in, and we have to learn how to walk with God. This is a relationship he wants to develop with us. He wants you to get to know him. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to do things the way he wants you to do them, and he wants you to have success. So he's he's talking to Moses, and Moses does have some concerns, just like we all do. Moses has not been around his own Hebrew people for 40 years. He's been living off in a different land, and he's concerned about that. And and he he begins to talk to God about that. And and God begins to explain to him every step of the way uh, what he wants to 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 do and and how it's going to happen. God begins to explain to Moses some of the problems he will have with Pharaoh. He says he's not going to let these people go immediately. So you're going to have to hang in there with me, Moses. You're going to have to be my man. You're going to, but I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to solve every problem that comes up for you. And, and, and many times we forget that. When we start out with God, it's got to be gravy, 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 gravy. It's got to be money, 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 money. Success with no problems. There are certain things that are just part of life and part of the earth that are going to crop up. 
in your dealings, in your business dealings. You ask anybody who's trying to make money. Money has to be earned. And in many of it, many times it's laboring, not with, with hard labor, but with endurance and, and coming through and hanging in there and allowing, uh, allowing, uh, God to, to get you through the rough places and know that he's with you and you will get through the rough places. He began to talk to Moses about his, his equipment. What, what, what kind of sign are, are that you going to give me, God, that people are going to know that you're with me? And he begins to give Moses supernatural power so that he can be confident that God is with him. So in, in Exodus chapter four, if you'll turn there, Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to me. And this is something that, that we all have. We all have that sense of, uh, what I have is not enough. You're telling me to go talk to somebody and I know they're not going to listen to me. I know they're not going to believe me because who am I? And so God has to reassure you that he will give you a certain kind of equipment so that your words will work. And that's the anointing. And this is something that he gives to all of his children that are born again and spirit filled. He will put an anointing on you to get the job done. If it doesn't get the job done immediately, it will at some point if you hold on to your faith. And so as you work with God, he begins to empower you just like he did Moses. So with Moses, because Pharaoh was used to magic and the supernatural, God has to equip Moses with something that's going to impress Pharaoh. And he said here in verse uh, 4, verse 1, he told, he says, uh, Moses answered and said, but behold, they won't believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say the Lord has not appeared to him. And the Lord said to him, what is it? Is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground and became a serpent. So that's Moses' equipment. He had two things. He had his mouth and he had a rod. Amen. And that was enough equipment so that he could prove to anybody that God had sent him. When you go to do something for God, you got a mouth and you have an anointing. And that's all you need to convince people that God is real. He won't send you anywhere to fail. You Many times we're expecting results that God's really not expecting. You know, we're looking for the spectacular. And God's just looking for somebody to be obedient. Amen. He's just looking for somebody to deliver the message and leave. So that, the, so that whoever hears the message, God lets the message work on them. Amen. He lets the anointing work on people. When you work for God, you work mostly with words. You get words and you get hands. And that's exactly what he gave Moses. He gave him words and he gave him hands. He said, what's in your hand? And he said, a rod. The rod became a serpent. And he knew then that God was with him. And God said, everybody that you meet that sees this is going to know that you've been with me. Because where else can you get supernatural power from except from God? And so when, when, when we are with the Lord, it's not up to us to stand there and argue and convince people. You're just there to deliver the message. You're there to say what God says for as long as he says to talk, 
when he tells you to quit talking, you get quiet. Amen. You don't have to say anymore. And just let God work. Remember, he's your partner. He is working with you. Your your words don't always watch people to see how they respond to you. You got me? Just Just deposit the word and keep it moving because it's not about you. Amen. God is trying to remove us out of situations so he can get in there and start doing some things for people. So it's very, very important that we we adhere strictly to what God is telling us to do. And so he says here, take your hand out. And he brought his fourth, uh, and he cast it on the ground in verse 3. And it became a serpent. And Moses ran from the serpent. And the Lord said to Moses, put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. So God is showing Moses that he can prove to anybody that he is with him. And this is something that we need to embrace as well. God will prove to anybody who needs to be proven that you are real. He's with you. They should help you. They should do what you ask them to do. They need to come through for you. They're there to assist you. All of that, God does the convincing. You don't have to convince anybody of anything. Amen? You know, many times, uh, you you know, people kind of need a couple of doses of truth before they'll respond the right way. You know, sometimes God will have you go. Uh, say you're looking for a car and he has you go to a a place where you you look at the cars and you apply for the loan and they turn you down. Amen. And then you can't, you well, what do I do now, God? And he said, well, go someplace else. But I wanted that car. Trust me, go someplace else. You got me? In the next place, you go to someplace and, and, and they turned you down. The next place you go. And then the fourth or fifth day or the next week, the people, the first people that you put in the application with call you and tell you, you know what? We decided we can sell you that car after all. Amen. Now, why did God have you go to all those different places? To test your faith, to strengthen it. Amen. It's not like your words didn't influence those people at all. They influenced them, but not enough to get what you were after. So part place number two, you used faith again. Place number three, you used faith again. Place number four, you used faith again. And then finally, there's enough faith to give you the desire of your heart, which is what you looked at the first time. So many times we will have to do the repeat with God. We'll have to go back again. We'll have to, but it's all a part of Him developing us and, and getting our faith to the place where it will move mountains. It'll produce everything we need to have it produce. That's why He talks about endurance. That's why He talks about perseverance. That's why He talks about, you know, the, the widow that before the unjust judge, she kept bugging and bugging and bugging and bugging him. Amen. It's not that we got to keep bugging God, but it's that we got to keep knocking on doors. We got to keep going forth and doing things that it takes faith to do. And so every day should be a, uh, you should focus more on using your faith than you are of what your faith produces. Amen. Because God knows why you're doing it. 
and he knows what he's working in you. He's, he knows what he's doing in you. And many times we quit on things because we just don't think it's going to work. You get convinced somehow to quit. And that's what God is trying. He get, he's delivering all of his partners down here on earth out of that quit mentality and out of that quit activity. Amen. I was, I, I spoke to somebody recently who started selling insurance, uh, recently and, and, uh, you know, I'll ask, well, what do we need to pray about this week? And, you know, prayer partner stuff. And, and so you learn their terminology, you know, this and that. And she was saying, well, I picked up some orphans. And I said, uh, orphan? What's that? That's a new term. So in the insurance business, I guess, orphans are people who were assigned to an agent and the agent quit the company. So there's money just lying there, nobody to claim it, I guess, because these people don't have an agent anymore, wherever it's going, but it can be picked up by people who have faith and confidence that they're going to be there. So the the people that want children will adopt. Amen. So the agents that want business will adopt the orphans that are out there. But that that kind of puzzled me because I said, you mean these were people that had business, had clients, had the things that everybody wants, and they walk off and leave them. And it's in the 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 reasons are as numerous as you can number. Everybody's got a different reason for quitting on things. I had to go, I had to have a real job. This didn't pay enough or it's taken too slow. I had to work too long to get some money, et cetera, et cetera. All of those reasons are never valid reasons if God is your business partner. Because if he's partnering with you, you're going to make it. It's it's going to happen for you. You might have to persevere in some things. You're going to always find some obstacles. They're going to come to you. But it's not like they won't disappear and they won't evaporate because God will cause them to leave. He will cause them to leave your life if you will stay with it, if you will continue to use your faith. You need to realize that when trouble comes, trouble comes from darkness. Amen. And darkness, the only thing that, that you need when when problems happen is they come from darkness. So you need light and you need revelation. You need God to give you an answer for how that's going to be solved. And trust me, that answer is going to come. You just have to stay there and believe God to give you the answer and and when to move on it so that he can work that out for you. But pretty much God has answers right there for us. They're waiting for us. They're obvious for us. When Moses got to, when they got to uh, the bitter water at Marah, and the people couldn't drink the water because it was poisonous. And God asked Moses, well, what am I supposed to do? These people can't drink this water and they've been three days. They're thirsty. They're screaming at me. It's so bad. And God told him, just look over there. And he saw a branch. And God said, throw the branch in the water. See, anything God gives you to use will work. You got me? There are tons of branches around there. And so when he began to see that God was an immediate problem solver, 
Moses started to gain confidence, and that's what he wants us to do. As you begin to realize that God is an immediate problem solver for you, I don't care what the problem is. It might take a few days for, uh, say, if you're waiting, if your car is out of commission, take a few days for parts to come in. Well, God will make sure you get a car to get where you're going. Amen. And he'll make sure that you you're you're not inconvenienced too much. He always has a ready answer for you. So start to anticipate answers to be there before you even get to a problem. Amen. Start expecting him to have ready answers right now all the time. Many times we'll start querying God or put out a a, a, a question before God. God, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. Shall I do this? Shall I do that? And, and oftentimes when you don't get the answer right away, you just drop it and go off and leave. Go do something else. In, instead of sticking with it and seeing where God would take you if you put that thing before him again, you know, immediately. Like with the car situation. Many times people are, are without transportation and don't need to be. Because if God can get it for you next week, he's probably got it somewhere, somewhere for you right now. You understand what I'm saying? And so when he's your, your partner in life or is your business partner or is your partner with your, in your parenting or whatever it is that you're doing, look for ready answers and look for answers to accelerate coming to you. They will start coming to you faster and faster the more you rely on God, the more you, you trust Him, and the more you expect Him to do these things for you. Uh, it's gotta work that way. Because He doesn't want everything in slow motion forever. Cause we'll get discouraged. You know, if, if they don't happen on schedule, and they don't happen with enough regularity, then we'll, we'll get that disappointment in us. We'll get that discouragement in us. But God wants us to be encouraged all the time. He wants things to accelerate for us because he knows we want them faster. And there's nothing wrong with wanting them faster. Amen? For instance, if, if you're in pain, you want healing. You want that pain gone right away. Amen? And so God knows that. So he will get you. If you start working with him where your health is concerned and where the word is concerned, he will get you to the point where you figure out how, oh, I can get rid of this pain. Oh, this is just a pain. I can get rid of this in in five or six minutes. Amen. Just by speaking the word over it, confessing the word, and expecting God to manifest on it. Well, just like he does that with, we call them simple things because they're easy now. Amen. But, but. In the days past, that was a real challenge for us is getting rid of a pain. In fact, most of us went to get some Motrin or leave or something like that or then thought about going to the doctor if it was still with us for a few days. And so really when you think about it, your faith has accelerated for a lot of things. And God wants us to have that kind of acceleration with everything. When he partners with you, you should have ready answers right at your fingertips for anything that comes up that, that, you know, causes a, a, a uh, kind of a upset in the flow of things, uh, where things in your life aren't flowing the way they're supposed to. God has ready answers for you to step right into the answer, step right into the solution, and it begins to work for you. You, you'll get what you need before you even need it. 
He will perfect things that concern you. Now, many times we, we let, when something goes wrong with something, we'd stop the world. I got to get off. There's something wrong with, you know, my car ain't sounding right. Or I turned it over today and it sounded funny to me, that kind of stuff. And you want to go run somewhere. Well, just chill. Tell God about it. See what he wants you to do. Amen. You know, I had a situation with my my uh, car, the car that I have now. Uh, it was leaking oil. And it just seemed like... Um, it, then the oil, you know, the oil gauge in there was goofy. And every time I looked up, it said, add oil, add oil. I get there, they said, don't need oil, add oil. I said, you know what, God, is something ain't right here. I said, and nobody in the world can fix it but you. You got me? There are times when you need to just realize your partner needs to come through for you. And I had taken that that car i'd had some some work done on it they found some oil leaks and those had been fixed already but it just looked like underneath my truck it was just still just oil and i'm thinking to myself god i said well god the only thing i can do is is say i'm expecting you to fix this because you perfect what concerns me and and i don't like the fact that this car is causing me i i want it to run without me having to check everything all the time you know people come up to you and say oh it's probably time for a new one you know i say, get thee behind me satan you understand what i'm saying yeah god will tell me when it's that time we i I don't decide them things with you you know and and sure enough over the past i would say two or three months all that leak has stopped god has fixed those leaks it holds oil i'm not running to go mooch oil off them them five minute people with they're getting funny about their oil now too but anyway you know they i don't have to to watch it i'm getting comfortable not watching it and god fixed that supernaturally because trust me i went to man i paid man his money i paid him and it was still leaking so what do i do now go to and and see i'm getting smart before i go to the man i'm going to god for supernatural fix you understand what I'm saying? Because he knows more than anybody how to keep things running, how to keep them in good condition. I won't be stranded. Amen. Because God is there with me. Amen. I won't, I don't get concerned about stuff like that. You know, I used to, you know, used to sometimes back in the day you had to listen to your car. You, it was like listening to a human being. You know, you had to listen to carburetor and the spark plugs and is it turning over right and is it idling, isn't it? And I said to myself, you know, God, I'm going to just start letting you do all that. Let you listen to my motor. Let me, you listen to what it sounds like. And I trust you to take care of it because you can do it much better than I can and, and save money as well. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, so it pays off. It pays off to let God partner with you. He's after more than just giving you stuff, folks. He wants to change you. He wants us to be supernatural people who trust him for everything and do things totally supernaturally uh, because he's in and trust him. He won't leave you stranded. He's he's not that kind of God. I don't care how bad it gets and how bad it looks. He's there with you, and he will perfect whatever it is that you need. Amen? All right. Hope you learned something today. Amen? Just make him your partner and keep him close to you. Amen?
Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for giving us great understanding, Lord. We thank you, Father, that as we partner with you, you unfold the mysteries to us. These are things that if we learn them, we can have the edge in life on everything because the supernatural always takes care of everything. So, Father, we thank you that you have made us supernatural people. We're not natural beings anymore. We have access to great things in you. And so we're so honored, Lord. We thank you so much for it. And we bless you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.